Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Armstrong and Getty. Pretty damn cool. Very fine people on both sides. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere podcasts are given away because we're stupid. The Atlantic. The magazine for intellectually advanced types, I think. I've I've been getting it in print for years, and I think I'm going to stop. Well, aren't you it, hoity-toity? It annoys the crap out of me. Aren't you something? You have copies of the Atlantic laying around on coffee tables around your house, do you? <laughs> Taking breaks from discussing New Yorker cartoons. I, I'm not pretentious. I just have a copy in my solarium and another in my wine cellar. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they do long-form stuff. And, like, you remember that, that piece by uh, Height and Lukianoff about the... Um, about the, what was the title of that one? Was coddling that the coddling of the, of the yeah. American mind? Yeah, yeah it's absolutely fabulous about how we're teaching our college kids to be mentally ill uh, you know, because we are right. Well, yeah, it's it's undeniably true. But so they have really great stuff. But it, it's just become just a super lefty. Trump's an idiot, and anything to the right of 
Bernie Sanders is not acceptable. They fired the brilliant Kevin Williamson before he'd written, written a word for him because their listeners revolted. And I just, I find it so damned annoying. On the other hand, they have a lot of really good stuff like this. And it's uh, a long article in The Atlantic, but I repeat myself. Um, it's a longish piece on how it's so hard to predict the future. Even the, the greatest experts uh, predicting the future uh, is very difficult and almost always wrong. And what they found out was, um, and this this one scientist did an enormous study on predictions and different ways to predict and different people trying to predict. And I'll I'll cut to the punchline here, but Does this got to do with hover cars. My son brought up hover cars at the dinner table the other day, and I had to say, hover what hover cars hover cars. Oh. And I had to say to my son, they have been promising me hover cars right. since I was your age. Right. Yep. They've been predicting that for a long time. Don't hold your breath. But so um. And, and they they go into detail on this, and it's quite good. But here's here's the punchline. The experts, and they were doing the various, you know, what, what would the currency exchange rate be? Uh, Cold War developments, all sorts of stuff they studied. The experts were, by and large, horrific forecasters. And their areas of specialty, the years of experience, their access to classified information made no difference. They were bad at short-term forecasters forecasting and bad at long-term forecasting what they figured out was experts become so tied to their theories that they have enormous confirmation bias and they can't be talked out of them even in the space in the even in the face of contradictory information and the best group the best way to predict is you get a group of people who know a little about a lot of different things, but are really curious. And have them just go out and figure out, learn all they can, and have them get together and say, I saw this, and the other guy says, really, I saw that, and have them hash it out. And those people are way, way, way more accurate forecasting than the so-called experts. And one of the most interesting things was they talked about... um, Oh, what were the two things? Um, the f- they referred to the just the regular. Oh, experts are hedgehogs, deeply and tightly focused, and the 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 civilians they called foxes because they just ran about looking for information. They found out that the foxes were way better at it. And this was my favorite part. Um, they found that when Oh, they told me that when making an argument, foxes often use the word however, while hedgehogs favored moreover, and that if they ran into new information or information that contradicted what they thought, the hedgehogs would not budge or double down, and the fox-type people would say, oh, wow, okay, huh, and they would be glad that their premise was contradicted. And it turned out those people are just way, way better at, at forecasting. And that reminds me of so much of academia these days and, like, your your fake social sciences who are preaching this corrosive, poisonous stuff to the kids, back to Lukianoff and Haidt. And those people most likely understand real human beings much less or, or much worse than if you just got 15 people together and asked them. Mm-hmm. 
and and I'm not like an anti-intellectual type or or you know, uh, but Book I think there's for, something there for, for dummies. No, no. That's what you're um, saying. That's not exactly what I'm saying. No. It's not surprising to me if you ask ask a military expert to predict something about the future, they see it through the eyes of military conflict and might not be thinking about demographics or social norms or whatever else that's going to have a bigger impact. Right. And the other way around. Well, you know, oh, I left out one thing. The hedgehogs, the experts. Um, some, when confronted with information that contradicted their theories actually went further in that direction. They updated their theories in the wrong direction. Their stubbornness and pride was so interfering oh. with their 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 conscience or their uh, their intellect. Um, they became even more convinced of the original beliefs that had led them astray. The fo- best forecasters, by contrast, viewed their own ideas as hypotheses in need of testing. If they make a bet and lose, they embrace the logic of a loss just as they would the reinforcement of a win. This is called, in a word, learning. But the more prideful and so-called expert an expert was, the less they had any interest in learning. Hmm. You'd think we'd be better at it, because almost anything big that happens, once it happens, you can look back and connect all kinds of dots that make it seem inevitable. Yeah. Whatever it is. Economic downturns, wars, whatever. Yeah. You know what I say? Hindsight is excellent. It's better than average vision. That's a really good saying. Yeah, it is. So it catches on. So how do you deal with this knowledge? I mean, I'm not going to go like ask you guys to look at a mole and <laughs> figure out whether it's cancerous or not. Because um, you do need experts for some things, I think. I just well, I, I announced this on the air several years ago. I uh, got a, I gave up on the idea that there are experts in anything. That anybody knows more about it than I do, outside of like, <laughs> out of like, outside of like specific sciences, right? Like mechanics or sciences, that's a different thing. But just in general thing, I gave up on the idea that anybody knows more about it than I do because they don't, and I don't know more about it than them. Mm. You're as likely to be right as they are I about just, all kinds of different things. The distance between amateur and expert, with the information age and the internet being what it is, is shorter than it's ever been before. Too, somebody can reasonably educate themselves on a lot of complex things in a fairly short amount of time, specifically compared to times gone past. And I would argue that in a lot of fields, what you learn or the time you spent getting from, say, really solid knowledge, because you're into it to a degree, and then from a degree to a master's degree and from a master's degree to Ph.D., I would argue in a lot of fields that knowledge is either useless or counterproductive. You end up like these hedgehogs. You become so in love with the, right. the theories right. because you spent so damn much time and money getting them yeah. that you you can't you can't admit oh that's totally wrong wow the world is much more complicated and unpredictable than I thought experts don't do that so yeah, when if you're trying to make decisions at the top of a company or you're the president or whatever you're almost always surrounded by experts yeah giving you advice yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, if, if I'm Elon Musk, I, I want to get 15, 20 people in a room or one at a time. Or uh, although the, they say a big the, Falcon room, <laughs> the the way to do it is is put them together on a team and have them go out and independently research and come together and and, and uh, chew the fat and uh, figure out what's going on. Well, so, but I'd I'd have Elon go ask a bunch of regular people. 
what's the best way to market these cars, or where are they going to catch on, or what's the future look like? And you come up with a better answer than experts. Well, it's, it's like President Trump trying to make the decision about hitting back at Iran. He had a whole bunch of people, all of them experts, mm-hmm. all of them with different viewpoints, and apparently went from one to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other. And they did not all agree. Right. And so at some point, it's going to fall on your shoulders. And yeah. maybe, and based on this, we are better off with a regular person that yeah. doesn't have any of those areas of expertise making the final decision. Right. Right. You don't want to admit that the doctrine of whatever the hell is is no longer relevant or never was or whatever. So, I don't know. So Joe doesn't believe in book learning is the long and short of the whole thing. I'd like to burn books. Big, giant pile of books. Oh, yeah, right in the middle of an intersection. Burn them all. Burn them. Burn the books. (laughs) Burn them next. The witches. Clearly. What's that that saying you came up with? I'm going to start throwing that around. Hindsight is is like better better than average average vision. vision. (laughs) There's a lot of truth to that. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Things we're most likely to lie about early in a relationship. Lying is a is a rough term. There's certainly shading our personalities that happens early in relationships, I think, with everyone, right? Yes. You put your, your best you forward. And sometimes might, you even fool yourself a little bit. You know what it is? It's the... Uh, what are those things that stick out of the water? Icebergs. It's the iceberg thing. Mm. You're just showing like one-seventh of you, and, right. you, and you'd prefer it to be the best seventh. Sure. Certainly on like date one, and then you show more and more of your iceberg. Right. And there might even be part of the iceberg you keep underwater the entire relationship. <laughs> I know there is. <laughs> if you can. Right. Um, but things we lie about early in a relationship. Whether we're seeing other people is number seven. I could see that. If you're com- in a committed relationship, that's a heck of a thing to lie about. Well, that's just cheating. Then. Yeah. But if you're not, you know, you're dating a person or two, and you don't want to be discouraging or, or seem like a a tramp of either uh, sex. Um, Where they live. Who lies about where they live? Omaha. People who live at home, most likely. You think? Yeah. I don't um, think somebody's saying, no, I live in Alaska. I'm just in town for the weekend. Maybe, maybe like business travel uh, maybe, or stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 sure. Look at the big ones. Number four, their job. That just seems like you're, if this is, you're just hoping for a, you know, one night or one week or something relationship, I suppose. But, and if you got any long-term plans at all, you or find even out. hopes. They, Come on. They, yeah, yeah. They, they find out you just out and out lied. You're not a lying you're, tamer at all. You're done. Is no, it, is boss that, fired me. He had an accident. Yeah, a new right. guy came in, didn't right. like me, wanted to bring it's in all, his own team. It's all politics and lying. I wouldn't business. kiss his ass. That's what happened. You right. know what? Lying right. taming's who you know. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so now I'm an so, accountant. Now I restock the uh, <laughs> the hot dogs on the little uh, machine at the 7-Eleven, but it's just temporary until right. I get another lion taming gig. <laughs> Uh, number three, their debt. I don't know how that comes up early in a relationship. Um, I would um, see lies of commission, omission. What are we talking about here? You can't. You, you are you are under no obligation. Or I don't know what they define as early. Um, Anywhere but, in the first seven years. That's how I would define <laughs> it. <laughs> but if you're talking like in the first couple of weeks, are we figuring out if we really like each other and are going to become a steady thing? 
You're under no obligation to mention, hey, by the way, I'm $75,000 in debt. I disagree. <laughs> Full financials. Everything on the table. Yeah, I want to see your credit report. Yeah, first meeting. <laughs> I went big on alpacas, and it did not go well. <laughs> Treat them like Congress is treating Trump. Demand everything right there on the table. Yep. It is important, though. You uh, you marry somebody, or, or you're, you're heading down the road to we're going to get married, looking like this is where this is heading, and then you find out, oh, you're $150,000 in debt yep. for college loans. Or, or just, taxes. Or just or, credit cards or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, That could be a life-changing experience. Oh, we're not going to buy a house anytime soon. Right. And my financial life is going to be much more stressful than it's been. Yeah. Or when you go to buy a house after you've gotten married and you find out that this other person has a horrible credit rating. Well, the good right. person's credit rating overtakes it. That's been my experience. Really? Yeah. Because uh, I, um, I, I had a friend who got married to a young lady and... You know, they got they got married in a hurry. I mean, they didn't know each other all that well, but they got married and they he, they went to buy a house and he found out she had a horrendous credit rating. Maybe they and, both did. I thought you were going to have the good credit rating and fix my well, situation. Yeah, I'm only Neither one, one of us can help out here. Yeah, I'm only getting That's one side of the story. So maybe you're right. Maybe they both had a horrible credit rating. Number but. two, most lied about thing early in a relationship, spending habits. Uh, I don't know how much you need to disclose about that either. Or how you would yeah. even bring it up? Yeah, I don't, I'm a little mystified by that one. But uh, and then number one, which is um, uh, astonishing to me. So what? What? How did they ask this? Because I need to understand it. A new survey found that most common things that people lie about early in a relationship. Okay, thirty-one percent. This can't be true. Uh, have lied or been lied to about salary early in a relationship? Who in the hell? How many people, Marshall? How many people know how much money you make on Earth? On Earth, how many people on Earth know how much money you make? Not counting the people that you know in accounting, in accounting and, right, at the at work. Maybe two, right? Maybe two. Sean, how many yeah. people in the world know how much money you make? I don't even know how much money I make. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, even better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, virtually no one. Yeah, my wife knows. Period. So, how's that coming up early in dating? Right. I don't. I don't know. I d- d- positive Sean uh, Michelangelo. Uh, it has. Uh, it has yet to come up in any sort of first ten dates that I've ever had, right? and I'm struggling to even think if it would come up even after that. But you're a normal person by radio standards. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> Smartest uh, horse competition going on here. And, exactly. And probably tend to tallest dwarf. Uh, you know, hang out with normalish people. There, there's a whole crowd of, you know, there's a whole world out there that we don't run up against that often. I also that might regularly throw out, yeah, I make blank. Yeah. It might be common. I don't know. As I advance through stages in my life, I do get the sense that there's a lot more when I'm dating people in, in similar age ranges that there's, all right, let's cut the nonsense. Okay, let's fill out the check boxes. Are we going to be compatible? And if somebody has that sort of analytical approach right. to dating of I'm simply seeing which... Uh, your your pros and cons versus my pros and cons, and if and if these match to make a healthy relationship, I could see indelicate people bringing it up in right. some ways. Well, I could I could see an older gentleman trying to impress a much younger uh, young uh, sex pot uh, saying, "Oh dear, you know I make one hundred and fifty grand a year." It's a good start on both ends. Yes. Oh, yeah, both uh, of you run from each right. other. Y- your parents don't know how much money you make. No, I have told my parents. No, I just figured that I'd like to know how much my kids make when I'm older and they're grown up. I'd like to know that. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I just like. I guess I I have an idea what my son makes because he tells me, but it's. Mm -hmm. They know what I used to make because it makes for a better story. (laughs) When I was young, I was so poor. I had to 
Eat, I mean, my neighbor would eat the meat off the rats. I would just chew on their fur. I was too poor to afford the mat re- the rat meat. <laughs> Suck on their tails just to make oh, the hunger pangs oh, go away. That's oh, disgusting. That's yeah. a boils. He wants if he wants. It's terrible. It's like bone broth. It's tail broth. Rat tail broth. Oh, oh, right. Stop it. Oh. Right. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. So uh, the Libra currency, Facebook, a wave of fakes purporting to sell or represent Facebook's not yet existent Libra currency have swept onto uh, social media, including on Facebook itself. So I keep uh, for some reason, I tune out every time this story comes up. Maybe it's because I'm not on Facebook. Um is this started or yet, or is this no, still just a proposal? No, no it doesn't and, exist yet. Okay, and then what was the point of it? Why do they want to have their own currency? What will I will I buy stuff outside of Facebook, or is it for like products within Facebook, like mm. Facebook T-shirts and stuff? <laughs> if you're wearing a Facebook T-shirt, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, like, but, can I go to the gas station and buy gas with my Facebook money? P.S. Uh, it is it is their attempt to get into the the peer to peer. Payment transfer, the, right. the kind of the war on cash thing. Cash is going away, according to a lot of people, and that this will enable them to, if, for instance, if you have a kid in college, you can just use your Facebook currency and give them twenty zuck bucks, and all of a sudden now they can, you know, they don't have to get the overdraft balance. They can transfer it from their zuck buck to their mm-hmm. their actual account. So um, it's that's, that's like the other ones that are big right now. That uh, I'm on, right? The, uh, uh, the Venmo, the one that was that's uh, the one partnered right. with PayPal. Square is another one. Uh, Wayfair is one that's what's, backed by a lot of the banks. Are the are probably the three big. What's right the now. most omnipresent one? That's why I have I've stayed out of this so far. I'm waiting for one to take over. Uh, the PayPal then, Venmo's probably got the lead on everybody. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But like that, I can pay at a register or whatever. Is that Apple Pay? Uh, Apple Pay is the only one that has uh, checkout. Uh, the other ones I are... see. I see like six different symbols a lot of times. And I don't right. know which well, ones. I can just tap my card. How lazy as am I? That <laughs> I got a your regular. Well, I have my card? phone in my hand. I guess at all times. So the idea of reaching into my pocket and grabbing a credit card is just oppressive. But this is a difference between the Zuckbucks and Apple Pay. Zuckbucks, I don't believe, is trying to get it to where I can use it as registers. They are trying to get it to where they they are trying to get into the peer to peer money transferring game, and uh, and it. Because then all of a sudden they don't have to go through exchange rates and, and various right. things in international but, because it is a global company. But then once I send you the Zuck Bucks, what can you do with them? I'm, I can transfer it to my bank account. Okay, because they're backed by currency. The Zuck no. Bucks are going to be banked by currency. Well, then why, uh, well, they, they, then why the hell would your bank accept it yeah. if they're not backed by something? Well, the same, well, the same reason why there are uh, I can buy and sell Bitcoin. Right. Like I I have there are apps where I can buy Bitcoin from my U.S. dollars and I can sell that Bitcoin back into my bank account as U.S. dollars. It is not backed by a currency in any ways. It's got to be backed by something, though, because like if I sold you this piece of paper for a thousand dollars and you're stupid enough to pay it for me, this is not then worth a thousand dollars to someone else. Right. But there are enough people who have who see value in Bitcoin that they will happily pay me for my Bitcoin. Same the same way with with the, the, the Zuck bucks. Right. It's. It's uh, this one will be a little bit different because they are trying to get backed by currency, which makes it less of a quote unquote cryptocurrency right. than the I Bitcoin can't, thing. I can't right. use anything called Zuckbucks. But it's not that's, called that's, Zuckbucks. That's, that's what I call it because I'm dismissive <laughs> okay. of, of the company in general. But yeah, exactly. Libra because, is the actual yeah. term oh, for them, right, but right. they are it's it's Disneyland dollars for Facebook. If we were called Zuckbucks, that's what would hold me up. Even if you like got three percent interest per day, I don't think I could. Uh, 
have anything called a Zuckbook. So there will be a network of exchanges that will allow people to buy and sell Libra using local money to but help does, instill trust in a new currency. Right. But do 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 experts think that one will emerge as the most popular, or are we going to live in a world where we have one fifty one one peer to peer payment thing, one cryptocurrency, like what all the, of them? I guess. Well, <laughs> no, no. no, they're two different things. Like. Yeah. The, the, the the whichever wins out of the Wayfair Venmo Square thing is not necessarily going to have anything to do with which right, cryptocurrency right, becomes the right. most I get popular. That. Hmm. It's got to be. I don't know. Maybe it's not difficult to run a business if people got are paying you six different ways. Maybe it's not a problem. I have no idea. Or, Di- yeah. Do different people take different percentages? I know, like like if I PayPal something, it's three percent. Is it more on transferring money with other things? I don't have any idea. Yes, but from what I've seen, they're all largely around the same. Mm-hmm. Kind of one of those weird things. It's, you know how Bud Light and Coors Light always seem to be the same right. price at a yeah. grocery store. I'd like to not carry cash ever again right. in my life. It'd be fine can with you me. I like to, it. I like a big fat you, roll. Can you the imagine, hoes love it. Can you, imagine, <laughs> can you imagine trying to do the accounting behind all this, though? I mean, because Bitcoin has one value and the crypt- another currency has another value. You know, how many Zuck bucks equal a dollar? Yeah, I'm involved you in know. a I'm involved in a nonprofit sort of thing that I'm in, involved in, and uh, and somebody brought up the idea. We now need to start taking donations through. I think it was Venmo. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, do we have to? And then the young people wanted to, and the old people didn't. And but it's like the 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 the, the treasurer for this thing was right. like, I don't. How do I do that? Right. It was easy before. I just count how many dollars I got, and I take them to the bank. And uh, but I suppose this is the future. It's pretty effortless. And in terms of what is in it for Facebook, there are. So when you give Facebook money and they give you Zuckbucks, then they have that money to do what they wish with until you cash out your Zuckbucks. So in theory, they could be making investments or acquisitions or putting that money to work for them as they are holding your money in exchange for your Zuckbucks. So they've become a bank. They, yes. Yeah, when exactly. they do this, they will become the largest yeah. bank in the world based on the number of, of, of wow. customers they have. Wow. So i got to read the book of Revelations again. Zuckerberg is the Antichrist. Immediately, Zuckerberg would be the president of the largest bank in the world. Correct. In terms of number of, of users, maybe right, sure. not in necessarily money and holdings or whatever. but Well, it wouldn't take long to no. be a pretty big deal if you got, you know, however many billion users they've got. Everybody had a quarter in there. You'd have a lot of money. Well, yep. as soon as that news gets out that Zuckerberg's the biggest bank in the world, you're going to have Google Gold because you know they'll be jealous, so they'll have to have their own currency. <laughs> and Yahoo Yen. It'll never stop. <laughs> no, no, it won't. Holding out for Bing bucks. Yes. I lost interest like forty <laughs> seconds ago. Well, it's, this is just what happens show to me. Hands. Yeah. This you is know, this is me. But this is what happens to me every time this conversation gets going, and I think you know what? I'm just going to keep doing it the way I've been doing it. It hasn't been that hard. Venmo is easy if people are on it. We've used it to pay dog sitters and like, uh, you know, if a guy forgets to bring cash to the golf course and you lose mm-hmm. 20 bucks, you just Venmo it. And that's yeah, the the most clear sandy. example I have is anytime I go out with a group of, of people that are my age or younger. Pulling a pulling a twenty out of my pocket's pretty easy too. This is see that's the you're that's using the hurdle. your fingers like a sucker. That's the hurdle. <laughs> it's not that difficult for me to do that. Right. I just I don't find it that right. of the things I'll do today. It ranks way down on the list of difficult things I want to solve. When it comes to time to split up the check, nobody pulls out the twenties and has that's to go to the, the bar to make change. Eating with other human beings, which I never do. <laughs> right. So if you avoid that, then yeah, it's less reliable. But then so I would have loved that. I would have been on that immediately back when I used to eat with people because. Yeah. That was my least favorite oh, part of that. any oh. social interaction. We've finished eating. We're all drunk. She might come back to the walk back to the car with me. We're gonna sit here for twenty minutes. 
And some of you got cash. Some of you got a card. One of you wants to co-sign a two-party out-of-state check. <laughs> yes. And we're going to put this all in a pile. Mine was only $9. And you yeah, liked right. the service and you didn't. And we don't know what the tip's going to be. And I hated that. Yeah, so now the person who's savvy so I enough. So tip over the table and cause a distraction and run out the door. Fight the waiter. <laughs> exactly. Now just exactly. the one person who pays attention the most to their credit card points says, Hey, no, I got this. I'll put it on the card. And then everybody just Venmos them or squares now, or, or Zuck bucks them the amount. I have a question. Venmo. Okay, Venmo, you're basically drawing on a bank account that has money in it, right? It's like a debit card? All the, no, no. All these things, you pay money in exchange for digital currencies. Okay, so you've given someone actual money, yes. and then they say, okay, well, you have got you gave us 50 bucks, so you have 50 bucks in your Venmo account. Yes. Okay. All right. I just Well, like PayPal is hooked to a credit card. Right, correct. Yeah, yes. So uh, there's no... What are you talking about, Sean? Quit making stuff up. <laughs> what do you want to make up? <laughs> you know, I, 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 there's no cryptocurrency that I'm no, in for I PayPal. I didn't say yeah. cryptocurrency. <laughs> he, he was at- there's two different things we're talking about here at the well, same no. time as if they're the same thing. <laughs> yes. It happens all the time. And I try to keep it straight. <laughs> You're just a liar, and keep, everybody knows I it. I keep going oh, back and God. forth between two completely different things, like <laughs> like dogs and elephants. Right. Hey, and just talk zap as if they're the back same thing. like 45 yeah. seconds, folks. Right. Zap back and listen to Sean's lies <laughs> in the podcast. He can't open his mouth without lying. Oh, How about God. you Venmo me a point? Yeah. Venmo me a point. That would have been good if I could have said it. <laughs> what? Fix that in post, Michael. Venmo your point to someone. Yeah. If you ever get one! <laughs> now I see what he's driving at. Oh, lies! Lies! You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. So I got two, uh, two listicles for you. I'll let you choose, Jack. You either have the founding fathers ranked... As Just in general. In height? Or? As founding fathers. Okay. Their founding father skills. Or the founding fathers rated as fathers. <laughs> fathers to their own children. Yes. Huh. Yes. Hard to pick a favorite for me, and I've read it all. I just, I don't know. I don't know which one is better. Uh, certainly a different time. Different era. Now are you going to judge by today's standards? Mostly. Yes. Yes. Um, the founding fathers is fathers. That's what I choose. Unless you have, you want the other one. I'm just, if you're gonna, unless you think they're both really if stupid. If you're going to use today's standards, though. What standards do you suggest? Made me feed the slaves is, you know, and it's, that's, not, <laughs> that's not being a good dad. That's by the, today's nah, standards. Is that right? No, not really. What, do you want the slaves to starve? I don't see your point at all. All right, the founding fathers is fathers. Number eight, Thomas Jefferson. They call him the deserter. He uh, went off to France. He was widowed, you know. He went off to France uh, to serve as minister and left his two daughters behind. Only after hearing that one had died of a whooping cough did he send for his other one, who didn't want to leave her aunt and go to dad, and she had to be tricked onto getting under the ship to Europe. You know, which is rough. <laughs> TJ's one of the... Close your eyes. Now walk this way. How do you do that? TJ's yeah. one of the classic... Um, you know, love the art, not the artist, or whatever. If the art oh, yeah. is crafting, yeah. uh, crafting a country, because man, when I read about his personal life, he spent beyond his limits all the time, and he was so into looking good and having the cool stuff and having the pretty house, and uh, and sp- spending beyond his means, and mm-hmm. just 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 really not a good way to run your life. Oh no, he was wildly irresponsible. And then he, but got he was the whole, also three different kinds of genius. Yeah. 
I'm too stuck on the tricking them onto a boat. Now, yeah. pick a card, any card. Right. Now, was your card a ticket to go see your father? Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, I'm thinking it's, uh, hey, hey, they got some super-looking whales over here. You want to go see some whales? Yeah, I like whales. She gets on the boat. All of a sudden, she's way out at sea Crank. thinking, where's yeah. the whales? Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So he, they call him the uh, deserter. Then number seven, Alexander Hamilton, the loud and proud. Mm-hmm. He was a loving father who possessed his ambition. And he passed it on to his children. The problem was he also passed on his worst traits, his pride and inability to close his mouth. Evidently, his 19-year-old son got killed in a duel he entered over defending his unfaithful father's honor, you know, allegedly. You know, I'd have to think about it for a first second, but the people that I, that I admire for their accomplishments that were also good parents... I can't come up with any off the top of my head, let alone very many. Mm. There's lots of people that I really admire for their accomplishments, <clears throat> either in literature, government, art, punditry, whatever, were terrible parents because they dedicated their life to that stuff. Right. They shouldn't have had kids, actually, right. if they were going to dedicate right. their lives to that. So I'm mm. a, that's a tough one right there. Yeah. I wonder if those two are, 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 for the most part, don't go together. Oh, I don't know. That's an interesting thought. I think John Adams was a good father, from what I remember. Well, we're still counting him down. Number six, a better dad, but not a great one. James Madison, the enabler. He actually didn't have a kid. This is a stretch. It was his... um, uh, He had one craptacular stepson. According to <laughs> this editorializing, Dolly Madison's son John Wayne Todd uh, was a violent alcoholic with a crushing gambling addiction. Well, that's not his fault. Well, he, he, but he, he kept paying his debts. He enabled him. All right. Yeah. That's a tough call. Yeah. <laughs> Number five, Ben Franklin, the asexual reproducer. Ben Franklin had an illegitimate son, William. William had his own illegitimate son, illegitimate son who Ben raised. What's interesting is the identity of both mothers is unknown. So, and this says, not only did William inherit his father's mutant ability to reproduce without a female, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. That's a bit of a stretch. That's, that's but, a trick. But he seemed to, he, he raised and loved his, uh, his, his bastard son. So that's nice. Uh, number four, John Adams, the pressure cooker. He was a tiger dad. He put the heat on his son. When his, listen to this, folks. You want to talk about judging by present uh, standards? When his son John Quincy was just 10 years old, Adams urged him to read Thucydides' History of the Peloponnesian War in the original Greek as it would prepare him for the part which may be allotted to you to act on the stage of life. Just like my dad. No, wait. Or I'm doing for my son. No, wait. You read the translation? Yes. I told you the original Greek. No, no, uh, no dessert. They're an amazing family lineage, the Adamses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But he's only number four, Jack. Amazing as that lineage may have been. Number three, George Washington, the military father. Are we counting up to good fathers? Yes. We're counting them down. From worst to first. All right. (laughs) Worst to first. Yes. They say that uh, George was cold and distant, but uh, the Marquis de Lafayette called him my adoptive father. Uh, Alexander Hamilton, John Lawrence all considered him an adoptive dad. That's common in the, in the reading the biographies of a lot of like really successful men where they they were more doting on uh, like younger protégés or other people's children than they were their own. It's, he, it's an interesting thing. He did not have his own, only his stepson, Jackie who was a disappointment to his stepdad. As a child, Jackie, and I quote, did not much like books. As an adult, he didn't like to amount to anything. Chopped down the cherry tree and then lied about it. Uh, yeah, right. He gambled, etc. 
Um, so, uh, but again, you know, he did his best. Number two, James Monroe, the family man. Several founders spent their time as diplomats in Europe. James Monroe is the rare one who brought his wife and kids with him everywhere he went. Hmm. And in a brief uh, exception, when he was away practicing law, he inquired about his baby uh, Eliza and had ex- affectionate nicknames for them. Yes, um, Sean. And a little clingy. Hmm? <laughs> it's not, I'm on a business trip. <laughs> what, right. what? 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 Yeah. They, had, they had different views of that sort of thing back then, but sure. the, the idea of leaving my kids, especially when they're little for months, is just it's a non-starter. Military people do it all the time. And number one, he <laughs> might shoot you in the belly if you say the wrong thing, but he was a hell of a dad. Aaron Burr, everybody. Aaron Burr. Uh, Burr strongly believed that women should be educated as well as men, and indeed extent- introduced a bill in Congress to give women the right to vote 136 years before they got it. Wow. Uh, he insisted on a well What did all the guys say under their breath when he introduced <laughs> that bill? Oh, somebody's pretty oh, yeah. <laughs> Hoping to get a little to Alex. <laughs> all right, sorry, Aaron, Aaron Bird, yeah. yeah. Uh, he insisted on a well-rounded education for his daughter that included geography, math, Greek, Latin, French, etc. And he believed that women should be educated every bit as well as men. And he shot and killed Alexander Hamilton. Exactly. In a weak moment. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Nobody's without sin, Jack. Uh, so there you go. Here. What was that about? Fathers their duel. I, know, I know that duel happened, but I don't know. I mean, what... Did they just happen all the time? Did he step on his, his shoes, and that's just how you settled? It was usually over honor of some sort. So, yeah, who dishonored the other one in what way? I don't even remember. I'm uh, sure I've read it I 50 times. I think it was times, about but... a woman. Let's Generally is. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's all this time. Yeah. Bros before. Well, you know the rest of it. Uh, let's see. Hamilton was a Federalist. Burr was a Republican. The man clashed, men clashed repeatedly in the political era. What was the point so were they, of... Uh, were they like the Bernie McConnell of the day? Just had decades of, of going was, back and forth? It was the Yes, but it was the New York governor's race of 1804 that pushed the two men to violence. In that election, Burr turned his back on the Republicans and ran as an independent. Uh, prospect of Burr leading New York mortified Hamilton. Mention the hot chick. Yeah. Where's, yeah. where's the chick? Yeah, and where? he bad-mouthed him in a letter to a newspaper, oh, hoping that a victory on the dueling ground could revive his flagging political career. Burr challenged Hamilton to a duel. So I guess there wasn't a big <laughs> political maneuvering. <laughs> so but how, were du- uh, how were duels supposed to go down? Was the hope that one of you would apologize and you wouldn't have to go through with it most of the time? Or uh, one or both of you shoots in the air and says, I guess I showed you. And then right. you go back to, uh, you know, dancing the uh, the gravat. Because they didn't, they didn't, gavotte. they didn't literally most of the time intend to duel to the death, I don't think. I don't think most of the among, time. Among people at that level of accomplishment and age and wealth, it just seems like, over my honor, I will die for this. Uh, are you, do you want to? How about I just apologize or pretend you didn't say that or something? Right, yeah, yeah. So I guess it was uh, bad-mouthing each other in the press. I read uh, recently in one of the many biographies of Lincoln I've read that he was he spent a lot of his time writing scathing and sarcastic editorials about his political opponents under assumed names. It was like inter- <laughs> it was like online comments. It was like YouTube comments. Right. Like Kevin Durant with his burner account. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He would exactly. say horrific things about people. Signed, uh, uh, Ed Jones. And, and you know, and, and but people would find out it's Ed, Ed Jones, and people wanted to punch him in the face all the time. From Abraham he... Flinken. <laughs> exactly. So old Link was trolling before trolling was in. Right. How about that? How about that, Abe Lincoln? 
Armstrong and Getty. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.